the Arizona legislature is in disarray, again. This time after fast-tracking a bill into law that would, in part, change the way party activists become party officials. These officials are known as precinct committeemen. They are voting members of a political party's legislative district. These are not people that casual voters will know, but they have important jobs. It's their job to select the district's chair and other leadership positions, as well as choose members of their party's state committee. They will also fill vacant party seats as needed, and they're responsible for registering voters and getting out the vote for elections. When a legislative vacancy occurs, these guys, known as PCs, recommend a slate of candidates for county officials to consider as they weigh replacements. Normally, they're voted in during primary elections, and they form the activist base of Arizona's political parties. But in their rush to get the bill's other provisions through, many state lawmakers either didn't fully read or understand what the legislation would actually do. Because of the timing of the once-in-a-decade redistricting and the way political boundaries are numbered, this new law has added new drama to the usually pedestrian job of gathering signatures to qualify for the primary ballots. Now with the law passed, many Republicans are backpedaling and want to get it changed. The problem is, they need Democratic support to do that. Welcome to The Gaggle, a podcast by the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com, where we dive into the latest political news that affects our state. I'm your host, Yvonne Winget sanchez I'm a national reporter with the Arizona Republic. And I'm Ron Hansen, also a national politics reporter. Today, we're joined by state government reporter Mary Jo Pitzel. Mary Jo, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me on. So let's start with what this new law does and how the precinct committeemen fit into it. Sure. This new law, which was passed 10 days ago, was intended to clarify how many signatures candidates running for the legislature and Congress and even precinct committeemen need to get on nominating petitions so that they can get on the 2022 ballot. This was needed because, a little bit of backstory here, the district lines have changed because of the new political maps that were created by the Independent Redistricting Committee. But getting those lines sorted out on the very micro level of precinct committee boundaries takes a lot of time, so much time that there was concern that PC candidates wouldn't know where to gather signatures to meet this upcoming April 4th filing deadline. So the bill said that PCs could be appointed by party leadership, and that appointment would be recognized as being elected, so they would still have all the powers that a PC has. So why was this bill fast-tracked through the legislature to begin with, and how much of the fast-tracking process is sort of being uh, used now by lawmakers to, to play the blame game? The bill was fast-tracked because of timing. Uh, the vote happened on March 3rd. Um, two days later, uh, candidates could start filing their nominating petitions. So lawmakers wanted to have some clarity on how many signatures you know, a, a candidate, legislative, congressional, maybe even a PC, would need to get onto the ballot. So they, they, they rushed this through. Um, it did happen very quickly. Uh, they had this was a one day vote, a one day wonder. Can you believe that a bill could actually get through the legislature with unanimous support 
from both parties, both chambers, and signed by the governor all, you know, within um, a somewhat abbreviated day because March 3rd is a Thursday. That's usually a shorter day um, at the legislature. But in the bill drafting process, the uh, while it was very clear for the legislative and congressional candidate signature requirements, people really didn't focus on what uh, the bill would do for PCs. And the effect of that was it left them as unelected. And that did not go over well with many precinct committee people. Allegedly, lawmakers, the majority of whom are Republicans, missed the detail about precinct committee men. Is this just a case of working too fast or was there something else at work? Well, first of all, I think every lawmaker missed that detail about precinct committee people. This gets a little into the weeds, but it was not written in capital letters and highlighted with blue type, which is what you do when you are permanently changing a law. It was written in regular type, tucked in at the end of the the legislation, and people sort of read past it. Because remember, these are lawmakers. They're looking out for themselves. You know, how many signatures do I need as a lawmaker to qualify for the legislative seat I'm seeking or maybe the congressional seat that I, I hope to run for? So this was missed by pretty much everybody, except um, for the precinct committee people who got a hold of it. And apparently phones started lighting up, you know, a day or two after this bill was signed into law by Governor Ducey. Uh, Most lawmakers say, look, this was an honest mistake. It wasn't nefarious. But the PCs that showed up at the legislature last week were having none of this. They felt that this was basically a plot to disempower them, to take away the the democratic process of electing precinct committee people. Um, And they had a lot to say to lawmakers in a series of committee hearings. These are people who are very passionate about their positions. These are people who um, might be, you know, uh, neighborhood activists. Maybe they've been involved in the party for some time, or maybe they're newcomers to to the political process and they really have spent their entire lives working, raising their families and are really involved now for the first time. Why are they so, I think you've shed some light on this, but why are they so upset about not being able to be elected um, as was the the previous process? Well, that is a head scratcher, uh, frankly, for a lot of lawmakers who may not want to say that publicly, because the way the bill um, is written right now, they can still be appointed. In fact, if you are running in a precinct that has, like, say, seven seats available, and there are only five candidates who even bother to file, those people are just already are deemed elected. They would still have all the powers. But for them, it's very important that they are very distrustful of lawmakers. They're worried that they're trying to take away the power of the grassroots. And I must say, this is all coming from the Republican side of of the aisle. I talked to Senator Raquel Taran. Uh, she's a state senator, but she is also the chairperson of the state Democratic Party. And they they've heard nothing from their PCs. Well, actually, I think Senate President, uh, Senate Minority Leader Rebecca Rios told me she heard from a PC uh, on the Democratic side who said, why wouldn't we like this bill? They don't have a problem with being appointed. This, this is a one-time fix, only for 2022, 
And it's all driven by this accelerated time frame, all due to the backup on redistricting, which was due to backup on getting census results out quickly. So um, it's a it's very important for these people who made the trek to the legislature three days this week to make their position known, and Republicans are intent on fixing it. The Arizona Republican Party chairwoman, Kelly Ward, she's made recruiting and retaining um, PCs one of the, the primary planks of, of her platform as, as party chair. Is there any sense as to whether or not the PCs who are so um, incensed by this, are they pro-Ward types or something else? Um, they're pro-Trump types um, and pretty much in the MAGA uh, column. Uh, this is part of a message from Trump to you know, really beef up the grassroots at the precinct committee level. Um, and you do that through elections. Um, so that, I would say that's where the people that, again, bothered to show up at the legislature, that's, what, that's where they're coming from. Okay, this law was made in a day. Why can't they fix it in a day? or even a couple of days, what's the holdup? Um, for it to take effect um, immediately, they need an emergency clause. And an emergency clause requires two-thirds of the legislature, and you can't get there without Democratic votes. Um, the Democrats, I'm sorry, the Republicans only have a one-vote margin. They do not hold a two-thirds majority. So Democrats see this and say, well, wait a minute. Why would we rush to fix something when we got into this jam or at least you believe it's a jam by rushing. So they are in no no with they have, they feel no sense of urgency to do anything to fix this. They say this is a Republican problem. It's affecting their Republican voters. Um, they're not so concerned about it. Um, so for now, they're they're withholding um, their support for the emergency measure that would be needed, and they need an emergency clause so that this would take effect, presumably, you know immediately, uh, but well within the filing window for running for office. That filing window closes on April 4th. So I guess if you're looking for a time frame on when this whole drama may, you know, end, um, I would look at, we got, a, we got another three or four weeks uh, for this to play out. Has the governor weighed in on this at all? Haven't heard a word from him. This is definitely a legislative battle a problem made by lawmakers, although he did sign the bill. And have the Democrats made clear what their ransom for this would be if they were to get on board with any kind of uh, revisiting of this? What do they want in exchange? Well, first of all, they're saying they're not, especially in the Senate, the uh, Democrats are saying we're we're not going to ask for anything at this point. We just want things to slow down and calm down. But um, Democrats more broadly have signaled they want some of these election bills that have just been running through the legislature uh, killed, you get rid of them, and most importantly, a ballot measure that was sent to the ballot a couple about two weeks ago that would add more requirements for uh, early voting, more identification requirements, which they feel is unnecessary. So they, they want the legislature to undo some of the stuff that they just did. The uh, House Majority Leader, Ben Toma, is having none of that. He said, no, that's, th those demands are a non-starter. If that's the position they're going to take, then, you know, any goodwill that we, we have had in our chamber is gone. Uh, Democratic bills are not going to be heard. 
Um, we're not going to give them a seat at the table for anything. So it's becoming, it's escalating um, th the war, and we'll see if any, there's any kind of cool down that happens um, over the weekend that, is, that has followed the, the impasse that they've reached at the legislature. We've seen quite a bit of reaction from uh, Republican lawmakers like uh, Jake Hoffman, Warren Peterson, Rusty Bowers uh, is weighing in on this. What are you hearing behind the scenes in the halls of the legislature about this? Well, a, a lot of anger from the rank and file. Um, Bowers, you know, is like, I mean, he's fine with if uh, withholding up some of the Democratic bills. They need the Democrats. But he also seems a little more sanguine that, you know, if this maybe this can be worked out. Um, a county can work with members of the part of a given political party to, you know, help them elect people. Um, he reminds us that the PCs, this is an intra-party, it's like a private issue. It's not the same thing as electing your state lawmaker or your, your member of Congress. So he's saying, you know, maybe they could just work out, work this out with the counties um, and figure out a way to get them elected if they can't get the legislation through that would repeal um, the, the current law. And he also points out, you know, you only need like 10 signatures to become a precinct committee person, and he, <laughs> which is not a lot. And he marvels that all of a sudden a lot of, you know, Republicans who have, as we know, have, you know, cast a lot of doubt about uh, the 2020 election. They feel that the election was stolen, that county officials in a number of counties, you know, conducted a fraudulent election. All of a sudden, these PCs trust those county election departments to run an election in which they would run. You know, where things stand right now is that they're basically at an impasse. There, are, you know, there's a bill that the uh, that the Senate moved, you know, but it hasn't come up for a final vote. Um, they're talking about just repealing the bill and and then putting a retroactivity clause on it, which, and this maybe gets too in the weeds, but that's bizarre because without the Democrats, this bill, if it passes, would not become law until maybe August. And by then, you know, the elections will be done. Well, one of the things that it also invites is sort of this continued belief that nothing can be trusted. The system can't be trusted. The institutions can't be trusted. Um, how do you, you know, how do you see that debate sort of unfolding moving forward? Does it change the trajectory of anything or just reinforce previously held beliefs? I think it deepens uh, some mistrust of of officials. That's why Bauer's comment about all of a sudden, you know, these people trust elections officials to conduct an election for uh, a precinct committee person seems a little out of sync. But certainly the grassroots is very, uh, they've said repeatedly, we need this bill repealed to show that we can trust you, lawmakers. Uh, implied in that is that if we can't trust you, we're not going to vote for you. Well, Mary Jo, thank you so much for coming on and explaining all this to us. If people want to follow you on Twitter, where can they find you? I'm at Mary J. Pitzel. That's P-I-T-Z-L. Always a pleasure, Mary Jo. That is it for today, Gaggle listeners. While we still have you, please don't forget to rate and review our show and share it with a friend. Please follow Mary Jo's writings on azcentral.com. 
If you want to reach out to me on Twitter, I'm at Yvonne Winget. And I'm at Ronald J. Hansen. That's H-A-N-S-E-N. Today's episode was edited and produced by Kaylee Monahan. Thanks so much for listening to The Gaggle, a podcast from the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com. We'll see you next week. Hello, producer Kaylee Monahan here. Did you know that there's an easy way to stay on top of all of our podcasts, plus news from across the state? Just download the free AZ Central app. Find it in your app store and in Google Play. Thank you.